Boom, let's get it started. So, uh, okay. yo, welcome to Only Yesterday. Um, my name is Tony, and today we've got a very special guest. Who are you? Yes, um, my name is Missy Allen. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We we also know each other going way, way back. So way it's back. really cool to be a part of this. Yo, we in the building, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, this topic is going to be a... A rough one for some people, but today we're discussing parent loss as a child or parent death. Um, so just sensitive content warning off the rip. Um, sources for today are parental death during childhood and depression in young adults, a national cohort study by the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry by Lisa Berg, Mikhail Rostella et al. Um We've also got Parental Death During Adolescence, a literature of the review, and I am the worst person in the world by not having who wrote that, but I want to give that that source their credit. So it would be helpful if we could start by um, giving a classifications of different types of death. Um, so first we've got natural death, which is an event such as diseases or internal malfunctions that are exacerbated by old age and result in death of a person. Um, for an example, a heart attack or pneumonia, example, you know, for someone who's going through something like that at old age. Um, and then we have external death. So we have natural versus external. Um, so an external death is any death caused by something that's not a natural death. So there's three... Well, at least three classifications for external deaths. And I'm sure you guys were just setting down the groundwork, setting down the setting, and then we'll get more into it, I assure you. Um, so the first external death, we've got accidental. So it's essentially a death that was caused without malice or intent, i.e. a slip and fall or forgetting your hard hat in a construction zone, like not caused by malice. Um, then we've got homicide and many different... Um, Classifications fall under homicide, which is <clears throat> when one person kills another person for whatever reason. Um, legal classifications of homicide include manslaughter, murder, justifiable homicide, euthanasia, capital punishment, and more. So just basically a person killing another person is homicide. Um, and suicide is the act of a person intentionally causing their own death. Um, many different responses or many different uh ways in which one can cause their own death unfortunately mm -hmm. so if you don't mind me asking um how <clears throat> did your parent parents their how did your parents pass so <clears throat> excuse me um it was my mom she passed away when i was six years old uh she had become quite dependent on alcohol when her and my dad broke up which was when i was just a baby when I was getting older, uh, as probably four or so, she'd really been trying to clean her clean herself up, turn her life around for my brother and I. She had been trying to get her degree, you know, really just become a parent. Unfortunately, I think that there at the end, she probably relapsed and she essentially died of alcoholism and likely liver and kidney failure. Oh, no. Um, I was six at the time I went, I was just trying to ask her a question on the night that it happened and I found her deceased in bed. I 
you know, was not quite aware of the gravity of the situation. So I tried to get some water and, and feed her some water, basically. And I just recall it, you know, dribbled down the sides of her mouth. And I realized then the gravity of the situation. I ran to go get my older brother for help and uh, 911 was called. And yeah, that that was kind of the beginning of really just like a second life for me. You know, there's life when my mom was alive and then there was the second life where it was different from then on, you know, I, everything changed literally. Wow. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Like that must've been wild as fuck. Just to just walk yeah. in and be like, Hey, what's going on? Oh shit. Um, sorry to hear that. I think, yeah. You know, it's, I think of it now as, um, I'm so grateful that it happened then versus say when I was a teenager or even now, I think because I was young enough that I didn't have as much of an emotional attachment to her as maybe I would have, or what I definitely would have later. And so the ability to at least move on with my life was a lot easier. Hmm. Okay. Yo, that's, uh, that's a good point actually. Um, so yeah, I, that's wild. Uh, my dad ended up fucking, <clears throat> he ended up dying through, uh, it was officially congestive heart failure, but, uh, mm -hmm. knowing his past, um, I would describe his condition as a passive suicide rather uh -huh. than just a natural death. Um, there was a lot of, a, tr a lot of trauma in the family and that family yeah. history as well. And so I, I remember as I was in. I think I was like 17, 18, mm -hmm. like growing up and realizing like my dad's <clears throat> actively not taking care of himself. And mm -hmm. like, you know, he gets, you know, told by the doctor, hey, you can go do this or do, do however many fucking prescribing you push-ups or some shit. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he just refused to do it. And so I now understand that to be a passive suicide. But I mean, technically it would have been like natural causes, but it's, right. it's, it's weird. But uh, yeah, right. well, talk more about that later um i wanted to get yeah, a little... I, ne I never knew that about you tony oh yeah holy shit okay wait let me yo girl wait a minute now i'm putting a pause on on the show right now because i okay. want to i want to look over the notes to see if there is an epic yep there is a portion where i will discuss more um some stuff that you didn't know about me and uh awesome don't you even worry about that gotcha, okay. girl. gotcha. <laughs> put a pin in it <laughs> put a pin in it that's right <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, so next I wanted to discuss um, hospitalization versus outpatient. Um, and according to the study, which was published again by the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry, um, had a total of 862,554 people. Um, and the term child is referred to as someone who has um, someone of the age of 18 and below. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, the study was researching the association between parental death from natural and external causes before the age of 18 and the risks of clinical depression in young adults in relation to the age at loss and the gender of both the children and the parent. So some people get hospitalized for that clinical uh, or rather some people become hospitalized seeking the assistance for the traumatic event. Um, and some people, you know, just either don't or just deal with it outpatient or whatever. So did you have any depression at the age or at the time that it happened? And if so, how did you manage it? 
Well, um, you know, I don't think so. I think fortunately, because I was so young, I was able to bounce back quicker. Um, and, you know, thankfully, I also have such a large family, both on my mom's side, well, mostly on my mom's side and my dad's side, who they worked together to ensure that my childhood had been or would be preserved as much as possible. So I don't really recall my depression or anxiety coming out until my teenage years. Hmm. Okay. Word, word. I mean, that's that's a good point because, again, like at the age that it happens that children lose mm-hmm. their parents like it can it can definitely have a difference on how they perceive the event and you know the surrounding events that came from it right um word word so fucking back to the research um the study indicates that parental loss from death from natural causes during childhood is associated with a small increased risk of long-term consequences for mm-hmm. psychological health um yeah. for depression things like this um a wide range of behavioral and emotional responses to parental death in adolescence, including depression, suicidal ideation, anxiety, insomnia, addiction, and impaired function at home and school. So there's a bunch of shit that could be happening um, with that individual. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely depends on, yeah, the environment too, that you are going to be in or go into after the death too. You no, know, absolutely. I think that the environment that is placed around surrounding the event, right? Like, so we all come together as a family, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. we acknowledge when we, we heal, we try to repair, we say, Hey, let's go do these things. Let's do that. Um, I think that's really important, especially for families. Um, and yeah. yo, even if you're not a fucking family, man, we're just fucking just be there for each other. Shit. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, so however, more studies are needing to be done for a comprehensive list of definitive uh, responses, right? For a definitive list of all the responses. Um, therefore, children who lose their parents due to death from external causes are at particular risk and should be given priority in preventative interventions after parental loss. Mm-hmm. So since it happened when you were younger, and again, like it was, it was, it, it didn't have the same potency as you say it did when you were a teenager. And so how did it affect you then? Like, how did it affect you when, when it happened and then when you became of age and then, yeah. So I know just now this is from um, family telling me because a lot of it, I don't recall, you know, a lot of details or memories just aren't there for me because I was so young or quite possibly, you know, my brain blocked them out. But from what I've been told right after it happened, I was put in therapy and they, you know, said, okay, she's, you know, she's fine. She's coping normally. So, and then I moved in with my dad and his sister, my aunt, and was able to, you know, kind of go on with the most normal childhood really that I could. And I, in terms of losing my mom, it was, it was okay. You know, I recall things being okay when I was a kid. But I think I really started to have manifestations and um, problems and emotional issues regarding, like, my mom not being there. And it was showing up when I was a teenager, you know, maybe 15 and on. And I was acting out. And it was always like, so my dad, 
was an addict. And so that was kind of the primary issue of my um, depression. But the loss of my mom then became the secondary issue. So it would be like frustration, hurt, whatever at the issues my dad caused. And then it would be, I wish my mom was here. You know, I wish that I was with my mom instead of in this situation kind of thing. It was not really a lot of mainly dwelling on her. It would always come up as a result of another issue, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, So that's definitely like that compounded trauma, right? So not only was mom not here, but then also, you know, as dad's here and doing whatever dad does, um, I'm feeling the result of that. Like I'm feeling stressed out. I'm feeling anxious and goddamn, I'm not an adult. I don't know how to manage this shit. Um, But I wish, you know, I wish mom was here. Fuck. Like, what am I to do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, like that's a, that's a lot of emotion for someone to have at such a young age, you know? Yeah, it was hard. And, you know, it was really, um, it was conflicting because I have an older brother. He, so he was 17 when, when our mom died, I was six, he's 11 years older than me. Um, and I always, as a kid felt a lot of guilt that, well, just confliction, you know, like, I wasn't able to continue living with my brother. He was thrown out into the world because he was almost 18 when she died. Mm. So he had to become an adult. I was in this other household completely. Um, what is he doing? I want my brother to come save me. Like mm. my, my aunt is trying to now not be a mom and replace mom, but be the parent and do double duty because my dad is unable to mentally emotionally be the parent there it was this crazy whirlwind of nearly anything that could have gone wrong was all going wrong mm, yo murphy's law right Whoo, yo when it rains it pours out here um, right yeah it's rough and so i i feel that i feel that sentiment and so uh when my dad had passed uh it was holy shit so um <clears throat> I was in the Air Force when it happened. Uh so I was oh, wow. about I was either 18 or 19 or one of the two. Mm-hmm. I was in Texas specifically. And so he was, you know, he was in the hospital and so they're like, "Okay, you can go back visit him, you know, before mm-hmm. the so and so happens." And so go back visit him and he wasn't looking so great, but I mean, it's what it is. Everyone has their time. Uh and so I ended up going back and then as I was in Texas, he he'd passed and then they said well do you want to go back for his funeral and but if you go back for his funeral you'll have to you know restart all your training and all this and so i was oh like oh my gosh how well, conflicting yep and i was like well what would he want he'd probably want me to continue my training or continue doing mm-hmm. what i'm doing and so i ended up uh just staying but even then like he did <sighs> my dad did some things that should never be done and it yeah it well i'll just leave it at that um because it was anyways long time ago did some shit and so at that time that he had passed i'm like oh man i i don't have him here but maybe i forgive him or maybe i can try to forgive because you know that's dad or whatever right he's still your dad right right um i've been there 
yo, it was it was weird. But you know, mom was trying her best to make sure that everyone's okay. You know, um, but down the fort. Yeah, but as I was gone, bro, like the whole the, uh, shit was just going down. Like it was it was in shambles. But I was like, I wish I could be there for my family, but I can't. And so there's a lot of depression. There's a lot of rage. Um, yeah. a lot of misplaced anger. Yeah. Um. So do you mind if I ask, how did that, how was that for you? Like, what was your depression, anxiety? What were those feelings like for you, especially being in the Air Force? I mean, you're expected to be a very certain kind of person Mm -hmm. and you don't show anything else. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny you say that. Uh, So being in the Air Force, it was actually the first time I had gone to therapy um, because there was literally so much going on. I was... I was feeling suicidal. I was like going through all sorts of shit, man. Like it was, it was not the best time, but I mean, it is what it is. Fucking everyone's journey is different. Um, and so it was, it was all right. Like it was, it was manageable. I'm still alive. I'm still here. So, you know, doing a podcast now. So fucking glad I'm still alive, you know, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely dense. I'll say, um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. But fucking, you know, my mom's still here. So I to hold it down for mom. I don't know if you can hear baby son in the background. Can you hear him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure he's heard. He wanted to be on the podcast too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, and so speaking of which, uh, loss of security, stability, and predictability of family routines may give rise to several emotional, social, and behavioral problems that can continue to influence the psychological health throughout the life course. Um, So another thing I just wanted to just real quick, before I ask you a question, I just want to set this last little bit of foundation. Um, So parental loss during uh, childhood is also associated with more disadvantaged socioeconomic background. Um, and may also be socioeconomic consequences for the bereaved family following the transition to a single parent household, right? Like I might not have the money to take care of this or oh, yeah. the burial or the the household, or whatever. So uh, were there changes in the ways that the household operated, um, family members included? Oh, yeah, certainly. So I had been Um, before my mom had passed away, I lived with her and my brother and we lived in an apartment, you know, because they had broken up as a couple and my mom just, you know, took custody. So, uh, then after her death, my, my, my aunt, my dad's sister, um, really fought hard for me to be with my dad in some shape or form so that I could be close to you know, a parent still. Mm -hmm. So I was then placed in her care, which meant moving into her house. My dad rented out the apartment portion of the bottom of the house. And so she took on, as I've said, the other, like it became a new, I guess, dynamic as a couple, but completely platonic, obviously. Um, but she was, she was, uh, caring for me financially and working so hard where she had never even had plans to have kids before my dad was doing his best to care for me financially as well. But yeah, there was a major shift in everything. I moved completely households, neighborhoods, 
locations in the state. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everything changed. Everything flipped, just went like yeah. 180. Sheesh. Okay. Well, wow, that's that's interesting. Um, and so just question, uh, just because since we had mentioned the the socioeconomic um, status making things potentially difficult or making things easier, depending on mm-hmm. the affluence. Um, was there a shift? Do you feel, was there a shift in socioeconomic status from where you moved or was it just like everything was the same? Boom, no big deal. You know, and that's, that's kind of another, I, as I'd like to look at it, I guess, um, silver lining. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom really struggled being a single mother trying to raise two kids with no degree. So yeah, we, when I was living with her, it was very, very low income, very paycheck to paycheck type situation. But mm-hmm. having moved in with my aunt, Heather, um, things financially changed a lot. I was able to have these luxuries that I would have never been able to have. I was able to, she she was able to bring me these things like we would travel and go on vacations and I had nicer clothes. I lived in a much nicer part of town. Mm. And that was a blessing for sure. I was able to have life experiences that since then I've never been able to recreate. Oh, wow. Okay, yo. Um, <clears throat> parental education level was lower and substance abuse psychiatric disorder and criminality in the surviving parent were more common among children who lost a parent and particularly common among those who lost a parent due to external causes of death. Wow. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. Sounds a little bit like the situation I had. <laughs> Yo, and, and that's, it's, it's interesting you say that because as you know, I was writing this, I'm like, I wonder if there will be any connections or if, you know, this is just like a general, general statement and, yeah, but interesting. Um, so adverse experiences and stress at key points in life could modify the development trajectory of the brain, leading to effects that emerge at a later period. Um, and loss of a secure relationship with the adult caregivers could be especially disruptive and difficult among young children. Wow. So, mm-hmm. so what what do you I mean, I'm still you know understanding what that could mean like could you break that down into some layman's terms for me absolutely so if you have a child whose parent has died um chances are or statistically speaking um the parent the parental education level of the surviving parent may end up being lower than you know because and 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 i don't understand how or why but you know having a higher education level is you know correlated to surviving longer not to say that the person who died was uneducated but it's just it's a a correlation and so as the children who are experiencing these types of things we may end up um gaining a an attachment towards a particular adult or we may end up gaining no attachments to adults because now we feel like if i gain attachment to this person they may pass or I'm not sure how to deal with this, uh, this immensely stressful situation in my life. Um, and so let's say for the sake of example, you have a parent, let's say me for the fucking sake of example. Right. If I had, so when I was in the air force, I was doing histopathology, basically medical field shit that you can do out here in the civilian world. I planned on it. I was going to do that shit, but based on the parent death, 
based on the rest of the trauma that happened in my life, based on how I ended up dealing with that trauma, definitely altered the trajectory of where I ended up. Now I'm doing social work, doing a podcast, fucking mm. holding it down, rapping, doing all this, this, that, yeah. and the other, because I have felt the void of depression and I don't want other people to feel that. So if there's anything that I can do to help, you know, I will try to do that. Yeah. Um, and so just in that, ex in that, uh, example alone, right. Um, the, that particular trauma changed the trajectory. I could have just gone through the medical field say my dad didn't die. Right. Mm -hmm. Stay in histopathology, keep making hella money. Eh, no big deal. Fucking in the medical field, eat my ass type thing. Right. But it's, um, people as they're growing we experience trauma differently or rather we we process trauma differently so one person who has a parent death or a close friend or pet death could just be like well ah, that's a part of life moving on yeah. motherfucker and then another person could be like yo that was the most literally the top five worst days of my life mm -hmm. so yeah that's so true and i think i i wonder and I go back and forth if it was either because of my mom's death or because of the dynamic and the way that my dad is as an addict and whatnot. Or maybe it's a little of both. But, you know, I I showed a lot of codependency, especially towards men in my teenage years. And, you know, that's probably got something to do with that trauma. Mm, yeah, maybe, you know. And so that's what I love about uh, human interaction is there's so many different variables as to why people do what they do. So, you know, it could have something to do with it or it could just be like, yo, I just I feel like I want to fucking hang out with this person over here. You help me out, bro, because that's just what you do, because you would you a dope ass dude and I'm a dope ass girl. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to come through. <laughs> you're going to help it out. Like there's many different variables for sure. So who were slash are your role models um, before, let's say before 18? I can distinctly remember this was a, an assignment in like fourth grade or something, you know, write a paper on your role model. Mm -hmm. And so my role model was absolutely my brother. Um, I don't really even have like, it's just, he, he's always been my rock. He's always been what literally felt like my other half. Like we may be very much like we, he's so much older than me. Yes. But he's the only other person in my life that's been through what I've been through. And then as a result, always been there for me for it. Oh, yeah. And that speaks volumes to me. Like that is why he is my role model probably a lot still to this day um although you know as an adult now and and being in social work i like to think of maybe and not in a narcissistic way but i kind of like think of myself as a role model because i want to be the good for other people you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like i want to be the difference in the world. And I don't know, like, I just want to be helping people and make someone's day every day in some simple way. Word, no, I feel you. You want to, like I look up to myself, like, I guess. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're right. And I think that it's really important as well to have that perspective, right. To say that I, I'm aspiring to be the person that I needed when I was younger. 
Thank like, you. Yes. So, you put it so eloquently. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a very noble thing to say and to feel truthfully. Um, so shouts out to your brother holding it down, bro. Um, yo, you, you the goat for real. We love you yes. out here. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and my role, my role models as well. Like, uh, again, my brother, um, my twin, actually, uh, he's on one of the earlier episodes, but yo, shouts out to my twin, Alex. Um, what's good, Alex. What's good, bro. Holding it down. Um, I swear. And then also Dustin, um, my yeah. brother, Dustin, he's, he had a, I'm not going to tell his story, but anyways, he, uh-huh. he was really, uh, pivotal. He was instrumental in certain moments of my life that I needed someone to like help or just mm-hmm. be there. And on the flip, I've been there for him when he needed as well. And just to see these guys grow without our dads present right, into the role models that we needed, I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, right. For sure. Uh, so besides yourself, who else is your remote like today? Like who would be one of your role models? You know, I've not really thought about that, but um, I think that I would probably have to choose my Aunt Heather. Um, we we battled it out so much when I was a teenager, when I was feeling so confused, feeling angry, and trying to go through my emotions as a teenager and, and understand all of that. I took it all out on her, but she she gave me the life that I would have never been able to have. And she tolerated the (laughs) abuse that I, I gave her. And now we are so close and she is the closest thing I've had to a mom. And I'm so grateful for her. And she's shown me how to be a strong woman and, you know, hold it down financially. And she's given me life skills and, and I would like to be like her when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. She, she found herself in a situation she would have never imagined and nobly took it on. No, yeah, that's incredible. That's powerful. Yeah. So, shouts out to Aunt Heather, too. Yo, good yeah. looking out. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, so, have you considered being a parent? Um, why or why not? I think, boy. Um, gosh, this, I, I feel like this could almost be another podcast for you, like this topic, because as a woman, it's so complex. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, when I was probably like 18 or whatever, well, those years, I, I did have some like pregnancy scares and, um, I think that women, a lot of the time have this assumption that they will just have kids. And I know that for me, I was just like, oh, when I become a mom, you know, like I'm just assuming that I'm going to become a mom. And it was not until my sister-in-law came out and they told me, you know, we're not ever going to have kids by choice. We would rather live that child-free lifestyle, go on trips, have four-wheelers, go camping, you know, have toys that I started to really like think, you know, wait a minute, I don't have to have kids. Like that's not my just duty as a woman. So in, to make a long story longer, I I have come to a place in my life where I have chosen not to have kids because um, I have a lot of trauma and I have a lot of 
medical issues that what if they were passed down to the child. Um, I I don't know how I would be as a, a parent and I don't need someone to fluff it up and be like, oh, you'd be fine. Like I'm I'm being truthful. I don't know. I know that I don't want to be interrupted when I'm sleeping. <laughs> I can't even afford to pay for myself now. Like, how am I going to support a child and give mm-hmm. them everything that they deserve? However, the caveat to that is that my partner himself was adopted. And so that's a really big part of his life, like that he he was adopted. And so there is always that option if we chose to change our lives and have a child we would adopt okay and it's great because you can do that at any time in life essentially that's true even if i'm too old for kids i can adopt you know i it you know what i'm saying so no that's good i i think that's a really a good uh response because many times we hear like oh well of course i'm just of course i want to be a mother man i'm trying to have two three kids right Um, but there's also that again that the possibility that someone's like Motherfucker, do you know what I went through? Like growing up, there's no way I want to have someone else go through that. If there's anything I can do about it, right? So it's it's a lot for sure. And I also I shared the sentiment that I'm like, well, you know, no one's really ever asked to be born, like exactly, exactly. So we don't, you know, we don't ask for bills. We don't ask for. I mean, technically, we ask for bills, but you know, you know what I mean. No one asks for all this Uh bullshit. But on the flip, um, there's many women who cannot get pregnant, like no matter how hard they try. Right. So I feel like in that aspect, right. Like some people say like, Oh, you know, it's a blessing. It's, it's, it's wonderful. You're creating life. And, you know, as, as bio organisms, as we have the ability to reproduce, I think that's, you know, it's, it's possible. It's good. You know, I feel like it truthfully, it's, it's neither good nor bad, right? Like it's innate, like we, it's something that humans can do. However, you know, like what we do with the child is super important because yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's too much trauma floating around this world. And so I guess, you know, it's then the parent's responsibility to be, you know, patient, soothing, educating, fucking all these things in benefit of the child. So then they can, you know, so on and so forth. And again, if there's people who like, yo, I just don't want to fucking accept that responsibility. That's far too fucking much for me to do. Like, yo, props to you as well. Like, fucking, and that is me. (laughs) And that's okay. Like, yo, freaking do your thing, spend your money, have your fun, you know, and that's completely fine as well. And I feel like we should normalize that more as a society. Um, not telling women you need to give birth, like in order to be like it is too much. Right. Yeah. So good shit. So what can we do? Um, Truthfully, uh, there's not a terrible amount we can do to prevent our parents' passing. Um, However, we can encourage safety um, for and with our loved ones, make time for them, um, be there for them, make sure that we have these meaningful, you know, times. And so, for example, my mom, um, she recently had some health uh, concerns. And so, since I don't have another parent, um, I've been video chatting with her in the morning because she loves the grandbabies. So every morning I'll video chat with her and be like, Hey, what you doing? How you doing? Okay. Look at oh. little baby. Um, and so it's just like the little things, you know, because again, there's not much we can do to prevent yeah. someone else's passing, but, um, we can at least make the time that we have meaningful. Absolutely. And that's what I would like to add is it, I've, I've been blessed with, um, you know, losing my mom and then also with my partner having a serious health condition that I've been able to really just 
live every day to the fullest. And I think that so many people lose sight of that, especially in our just technological world. You know, we, we, we lose sight of our relationships and that's what really matters. Absolutely. And I feel like we need to spend more time with family. I feel like that needs to be like priority. Like, yo, we should be, we should also get paid to spend time with family. You know what I mean? Like from our jobs and shit, be like, yo, Hey, we understand your family super important. Let's give you like a little bonus. So that, because as a fucking massive ass corporation, we can afford it. Like, yes. but that's that's a whole different conversation. Oh my god! <laughs> you know. Um. So, um, with that being said, um, if you or anyone you know are struggling with losing a parent or anything that we discussed earlier on in this episode, please reach out. Please seek help. Please be there for one another. This world is wild. This world is crazy. Mm-hmm. But we're fucking trying, and I feel like that should um. We should make more emphasis on that shit. We trying. God damn it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, anything else you want to add? I don't think so. No? All right. Well, yo, shouts out to all the role models out there. Um, I don't know if y'all just heard baby son, but I'm going to have to go check on him. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> yo, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know or things that I hadn't thought about.